Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 16, Brainwashed. The original air date for this episode was April 24th, 1989, a couple weeks from the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, this was directed by Michael Caffey, and it was written by John Shepard. Why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, uh, MacGyver and Pete and the Phoenix Foundation are overseeing plans and are getting an award uh, from a visiting African di- dignitary. Right. Sorry. That all sounded very confusing, and it is, <laughs> but uh, there's going to be an assassination attempt. Right. So that's what the exciting part is. And it all involves hypnotism brainwashing yeah, as it yeah. were um not unlike the enemy within from season one. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely it goes episode 19 yeah which the... both of them are sort of their own love letters to the manchurian candidate mm-hmm. um but yeah and so we start this episode on the bay as a helicopter is landing yeah and uh so macgyver is there and a young woman who works for the phoenix foundation miss hendrix um is kind of berating him right uh she she does most of that in this episode. Right. She's, she's berating on behalf of the vice president. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for the president to come. Correct. The president of an African nation. Yeah. Uh, not Kimbala. America. Yeah. Kimbala. And uh, so she's wondering like where Pete Thornton is. Uh, like this is a big deal. And MacGyver's just trying to calm her down most of the time. Yeah. Um, also waiting at the helipad are the vice president of Kimbala and his wife, Edith. Right. And uh, a local reporter, Janet Blake, Who's waiting for the helicopter to fly in so she can give a report. Right. But and the whole point of waiting for a helicopter to fly in so you can give your report is that you would see the helicopter landing in the background right. as you're giving the report. And see the person getting off the helicopter that you're talking about. But instead, this camera is pointed directly at her with a van behind her, completely mm-hmm. blocking the whole shot. But it's pretty clear that this is because she wasn't on set the day the helicopter was being right, filmed. Right. And so... Uh, this is like an insert, which is the van behind her, in addition to blocking her whole shot, is supposed to block from us the fact that they're probably yeah. shooting this in the parking it, lot. It literally takes up the entire frame. Yeah, they're shooting this like back at their editorial offices. Mm-hmm. They just asked a newscaster to come down so they could shoot something against the van. Yeah. Because all of the rest of her credits on IMDb are news reporter or newscaster. And and she is just, is uh, this is like the exposition news, because... She is discussing everything about President Dacara. Everything relevant, yeah. Yeah. President Dacara is arriving. He's been touring the country. The Phoenix Foundation did all kinds of stuff for them. This is like a big event. And, and he's be... here to pin an award on two Americans who mm-hmm. helped his nation. And to sign a trade agreement. Right. Like, so, as soon as she said, and, and also, there's gonna, as soon as she said that there was going to be a historic signing of a trade agreement at the end of the, the day, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Something's going to happen before this trade agreement gets right, signed. Right, right, right. That's that's the MacGuffin of this episode, uh, so uh, so MacGyver's there, but Jack isn't, and uh, they all kind of like greet the president as he, as he disembarks. Well, before that, Pete shows up. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Pete shows so up. Pete shows up late. Uh, he parks his car, blocking everybody yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> he just <laughs> he just pulls his car in like every like in the there's no there's parking spaces, but he just parks wherever. Yeah, he just stops the car and gets out, and he's like, oh, I was almost. Almost late. Uh, good thing I got here before the president, huh? Yeah. That would have been really insulting. Yeah, Pete and, was late while he was on a fishing trip. Yeah. 
as recently as this morning, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, for, over the weekend he was on a fishing trip, and, and MacGyver's like, yeah, where have you been? We haven't been able to reach you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, yeah, I was on a fishing trip, and I found this beautiful little spot, and the, it was just, just me and the salmon. It was like a dream. Yeah. And uh, right away, there's something weird about this, because Pete's pretty professional. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to impressing foreign dignitaries. And, uh, but he, he's also a terrible liar and yeah. it seems like he's not lying yeah. when he says this. And he's also doesn't like the outdoors. Yeah. Like even though but he, he had goes a cabin. fishing regularly, even though he's, he hates fishing mm-hmm. and yeah, he does have a cabin out in the wilderness. Yeah. Like he did before Murdoch burned it to the <laughs> ground. It still hasn't rebuilt it. No, I'm sure he still owns the, the concrete slab where it used to stay. You know, it's cheaper to, for property taxes if there are no structures on the property. Uh, yeah, he had it reassessed like the next day. Like, so how much do you think it's worth now? Uh, so when they're talk, they start talking about where Jack might be, and we immediately cut to Jack in like a surrealistic, like it's like the camera's constantly fluidly moving around. It's a it's a room with walls, but there's like oh, like only like one wall, and the rest is all blackness. Yeah. And there's a, a voice that's kind of like calling to him in an yeah. echoey, uh, dreamlike state. So he, he goes through these set of double doors into a dining hall. Again, there's it's black all around the walls. Yeah, like we it's have just, no indication of where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a table with his name on a place card. And immediately there's like a silhouette of a man holding a bright, shining star. Right. And we start hearing the phrase, from the bottom of my heart, I salute you, over and over and over again. Right. And then, so Jack then pulls out a gun and shoots the star. And as it shatters into a white light, it kind of cross-dissolves into a flashlight of a police officer. Right. Like, saying, hey, are you okay? Yeah. And Lucky for Jack, he doesn't have his hands up like he's shooting a gun. Yeah, or he exactly. he could have been murdered right here. Well, this is supposed to be Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> But he's white. The cops don't wait for you to like indicate that you, what you're just pointing your finger yeah. at them. Uh, so Jack is like he's fully dressed, but he doesn't have any shoes on. Right, and uh, he's standing in a puddle. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea how he got there. It's so, the middle of the night, and they're right outside what looks like an abandoned theme park. Mm-hmm. There's like a roller coaster of some sort yeah, over yeah. the fence. And we see a man in the shadows, kind of watching. As the police officer starts questioning Jack, and he kind of slinks away. Yeah. Um, and this is Tabor, who's a uh, an agent for uh, the Dakara entourage. Right. So Mac arrives to pick up Jack, and uh, while they're heading back to the houseboat, Tabor is already at the houseboat, and right. he's planting a bug behind a, a picture that's yeah. like right by the phone, so he can listen in. Which is kind of funny because um, on the MacGyver project, uh, Nick pointed out that immediately after he places the bug behind the picture, MacGyver asks Jack, so has anything been bugging you lately? (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of funny. I don't know if that was intentional or what. Yeah, just like a... It's a funny line, though. uh, Mac and Jack kind of like argue, not argue, but they talk about where he's been. And Jack's just kind of like, oh, I met a girl... Uh, I was getting fitted for a tux, and I met this girl, and it was just me and her, like a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't know her name. Right. Which is not unusual for yeah, Jack. Yeah, for Jack, yeah. I can see, like, Jack kind of going, 
oh, hey, um, uh, you, um, my love, you know, he would just go right into like synonyms for a sweetheart. Uh, and, uh, so, but Jack's afraid that if he goes back to sleep, he'll start sleepwalking again. Right. Because uh, he lives on a houseboat. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, and so MacGyver offers to let him sleep in his bed and MacGyver will take the couch. So if he comes down the stairs, he'll hear him. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at, uh, like the, like a fancy hotel, Tabor is reporting into Mantu and his wife, Edith, that he's lost Jack. Right. Um, and Mantu is played by Roger Aaron Brown, who will come back as General Mabuto in Black Rhino, which mm-hmm. is season five, episode eight. And you were saying Edith is played by... Um, she's someone's wife, right? She's Louis Gossett Jr.'s wife. Uh, I'm, I don't remember the actress's name, but apparently at the yeah. time she was married to Louis Gossett, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were in Digstown together as a married Husband couple. and wife, yeah. yeah. Which is funny because like I can remember her character name from Digstown, which is Mary Palmer. Yeah. Um, and Louis Gossett Jr.'s character is Honey Roy Palmer. <laughs> so I can't remember the actress's name. I'm so yeah. embarrassed. Um, but but then they divorced that year, right? The Digstown yeah, yeah, because uh, they, they divorced in '92 and Digstown came out in '92. Yeah. Uh, but it's very clear right away um, that Edith is in charge. Yeah. Uh, she's trying to keep. Uh, Vice President Edward Mantu calm as she tells Tabor to kind of leave and we'll take care of things from here on. Although it's never made clear if she's actually hypnotizing him. It seems like she does have some kind of a power over him. Yeah. I but think... it's not like Craig's girlfriend in The Enemy Within. Like, it uh, seemed like... No, I think I feel like it's exactly like that. Except she actually had him hypnotized. Yeah, but I think that she is the one who's doing right. it. Right, yeah. No, definitely she's the one doing the hypnotizing. But she hasn't bothered to use that power on him. No, no, no. Or to that we know of. Right, yeah. Uh, so the next morning, we uh, once again kind of get into Jack's dream. and uh, But this time, he's over the casket. And, and like a casket who's... You can't see who's in it yet. It's obstructed. Yeah, but, but MacGyver's standing there mourning. Yeah, and Jack's kind of like, who is it? It's like, and MacGyver says, you killed him. And MacGyver kind of like backs away into the shadows... And Jack looks at who's in the coffin, and it's Pete. And the makeup on Pete is really crazy. It's he's like pale, but it, around his they eyes, might have even brought in a mortician to do the makeup. Yeah, around his eyes, it's like super red. Yeah. And as Jack kind of gets closer, Pete opens his eyes and looks like right at the camera with yeah. like this crazy red ring around his eyes. It's really it, creepy. Yeah. And so Jack wakes up uh, with MacGyver kind of trying to like get him to snap out of You're it. You're sleepwalking again. And Jack's like trying to convince Mac like, oh, this was crazy. Pete was dead. And MacGyver kind of goes into the kitchen and Jack's all, my hands are still shaking. Look. And as he picks up his hands, there's a gun in it. And then Jack, uh, MacGyver's like, uh, Jack, where did that come from? Yeah. And MacGyver's holding a jar of juice that has like a big star symbol on it. Right. And Jack just aims the gun at it shoots it and it just shatters in MacGyver's hand. Right in front of his chest. Yeah. The implication being that he just shot MacGyver. Right. And then we get like a friggin' another wake up dream. Yeah, a second wake up from a dream. And uh, now he's like, but he's like in pajamas and he's dripping with sweat. But this time he's actually holding his hands up like he just fired like, a like gun. Like he just shot, yeah. Yeah. And Where uh, if he was doing that outside the theme park, I think he would have been either shot by the police or mm-hmm. taken into custody at least. Yeah. And uh, so now this time he wakes MacGyver up 
because MacGyver has not woken up from this. Right. Which goes to show that he could have just left the house and MacGyver would have never known. Yeah, exactly. This whole plan has backfired. Yep. Um, but Jack got a nice bet out of it. Yeah. Uh, Jack's worried that he's completely going crazy. Although, uh, you know, as much as they talk about an upstairs bedroom, like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's just a spiral staircase that leads to nothing. Because it doesn't seem like the house was big enough for there to be an upstairs. And MacGyver well, always sleeps on the couch. Like, every time we see him sleeping at the house, he sleeps on the couch. Well, there's definitely a second floor when we see the exteriors. But I think it's one of those... I think it's just a loft. Yeah. I think it's it's part of the regular house. It's just... Once you go up there, you're just... There's just probably enough room for a bed. Yeah. Um, and a shower. Because we know there's a bathroom up there, well, at least. Well, he claims there is. <laughs> well, Crystal slash Jennifer... Used it. Used it. That's true. Where's the water come from? Just from the ocean. <laughs> Twice a houseboat. That's why you smell so salty. Um, so MacGyver calls up the Phoenix Foundation psychologist slash dream analysis. Uh, Which we've actually had this this office on the show before. But in different capacity. Right. This was in Silent World when uh, MacGyver's friend was having like hallucinations of the future. Or confusing hallucinations mm-hmm. of the future. She... Uh, she basically had these dreams about how MacGyver was going to die. And so they went to the Phoenix Foundation sort of dream lab to yeah. figure out what was going on. But this is a different room and a different person. Yeah. The actress here playing Dr. Beattie. Uh, Beattie is Linda Darlow, who will come back as Mrs. Juarez in uh, Season 5, Episode 13, Live and Learn. Mm. But she's actually Connie Thornton in uh, Season 6, Episode 21, yeah. Hindsight. So. She will be playing Pete's wife yeah. another for another yeah. another or ex-wife, entry. yeah. Uh, so as they're getting ready to head down to the dream lab, which is this, this whole scene I think could have been cut, yep. but, yeah. uh, Jack goes outside and MacGyver gets a phone call and just goes in and we never find out what the call's about or who it is. Yeah. Um, but he leaves, uh, Jack outside long enough to embarrass himself. Yeah. Like a couple of fishermen are having a conversation nearby and one of the fishermen says, from the bottom of my heart, I salute you as part of a story he's telling. Yeah, it's like an anecdote. And he says, well, if you can find a blah, 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 well, then from the bottom of my heart, I salute you. Yeah, so... You can go stick your head in a bucket. Yeah. And then Jack hears the word that sets him into a trance, mm-hmm. and then he picks up the nearest bucket and puts his head in it. Yeah. Or puts it on his head. And so MacGyver comes out and goes, like, oh, you know, Jack, are you all right? And Jack has no clue what's happened or how he got to this position. Right. Um... I guess it was just to hammer home that that's the trigger word. And that he'll do whatever someone says right after. Yeah. That, that's the only purpose of this scene. Otherwise, right. it just seems really out of place. And they didn't even cast two fishermen yeah. for this scene. Like, the, the guy that he's telling the story to is actually the first AD. Mm-hmm. And they might have just realized on set, like, oh, it wouldn't make any sense for this guy to just say this. Yeah, There needs yeah. to be a second fisherman here. Or maybe someone just didn't show up and they were like, all right, yeah. who's going to play this guy? Get in there. Dress you up. Because uh, then we immediately go to the uh, Phoenix Foundation Dream Lab. Right. So it's like, well, what's the point of this scene? Yeah. It, it didn't do anything. Um, and uh, so Dr. Beatty has Jack under really cheaply done hypnosis where it's just a green light that blinks. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like Silent World was a little bit more Yeah, there were involved. like wires and they were laying in a bed that was like monitoring their heart rate and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even um, what's her face is uh, uh, in Enemy Within 
had like a machine that was like humming and yeah. making noise. Like this just seems like really just a blinking green light doesn't seem to be all that effective. Yeah. I mean, you might as well just have like the hypno spiral thing spinning around. Yeah, the, the, the MacGyverism that just spins. Yeah. Again, also an enemy within, yeah. like just the, the same tactic. I forgot that they use that. I forgot that he hypnotizes that other woman. Yeah, Victoria. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't really hypnotize her. He's trying to, like... Just put her at ease. Get in her deep memories. Yeah. So, Dr. Beatty kind of talks to Jack, and Jack is running through his dream, and being very vague about stuff, even though he's clearly seeing objects he could name. Yeah. It's like, what do you see? My name in gold. It's like, yeah. and he's looking at the place card. It's like... I see my name written out on a place card at a fancy table. Yeah, I'm like, in a room with a bunch of fancy tables. I'm sitting down at one. It's got my name written on gold. Yeah. Like, he's... And he says, where is it? On the moon. And, and It's like, that's not even a part of the dream. Yeah, it's not like, even a part even of the dream. Uh, and so, as they start to get to the point where Jack is hearing the trigger words, um, he can't tell them. Like, the, the, the block in his memory is preventing him from telling him any, anything more than what he's told them. Right. Um, so Dr. Beatty ends the session and goes to talk to MacGyver, and she f- is fully aware that this guy's been programmed. Yeah, MacGyver was like, you know, that's weird. That's the exact same sentence he said to me about the... The girl. The girl. And then she's like, yeah, it's a preconditioned response. So <laughs> it's going to take a lot of equipment and people <laughs> to figure out, yeah. to deprogram him. Yeah, like, she needs equipment and extra people to take care of this. I was like, is this going to be, like, torture? I'm going to need the lab to send down three more green lights. <laughs> we need more lights. There are four lights. There's not enough work lights down here. Um, you can't see what I'm doing. There's a really good episode of, well, most of them are really good, of The Prisoner with Patrick McGowan. Yeah. Where they, they're trying to make him crazy by, they had... At one point, they had kidnapped him. Well, he's already been kidnapped. But anyway, they... They kidnapped him from where he was kidnapped. Kidnapped, yeah. They drug him and they condition him to be... Like, he's right-handed. And so they condition him through, like, drugs and shock therapy to make him left-handed. So when he's trying to convince other people, because there's a a doppelganger, and he says, oh, no, you're not me, I'm me. But everything about himself is different because they've conditioned him, like, to be left-handed instead of right-handed. He has like he his memory is fuzzy because they've like hypnotized him to be to block the memories. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, that's super crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the trouble that they went through. Um, if you haven't seen The Prisoner, it's an amazing series about a secret agent who's been wants to retire, but they won't let him because they feel that he has a piece of information. So they're holding him in like a prison with other secret agents. Yeah, and they're each episode is about a different psychological attack. Right. On him to try to get him to reveal what it is that he knows. Right. And why he wants to quit. Really good series. Yeah. Um, so that made me think of this. Uh, where, like, he's been conditioned to have memories blocked uh, and to have responses to things that he doesn't even realize that he's giving. Right. So, uh, they for some reason, MacGyver it then... Takes Jack back to the hotel. <laughs> hotel where all this bad stuff is probably going to happen i would immediately like say we need to quarantine you yeah you should stay here at the foundation 
where they can and watch And I don't think you. Jack would put up a fight because he's already made the point. Like, I think I'm going crazy. Yeah. There's something wrong with me. He's concerned about his safety. Jack is really concerned about himself. Yeah. And so he wouldn't fight this. Yeah. So, but instead, MacGyver takes him to a really high-pressure situation. Yeah. Where he immediately sets off an alarm. Yeah. As though he had a gun on him. Even yeah. though for this scene, he doesn't. Well, it's... well, as far as we, yeah, apparently, as far yeah. as we know, he doesn't. It, does, it doesn't come into play anyway. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in like the big, uh, meeting hall, banquet hall where the president, sorry, right, yeah. <laughs> where the president of Kimbala is going to award MacGyver and Jack each a medal. Apparently they did some, they diverted a river so that it would water crops mm-hmm. for irrigation so that their people wouldn't starve or something like and, that. And Jack helped out in some way. Like well, he said, he only was in that he flew. Yeah. Yeah. I but guess I, MacGyver did all the work and, and Jack was just the pilot. But I can also see Jack being kind of modest about sure. his... Because Jack always helps out. Yeah, he pitches in and MacGyver gives them things to do. So, mm-hmm. so Mantu, Vice President Mantu, kind of arrives to kind of like greet them. Again, setting off the uh, metal detector that leads into the banquet hall. Yeah. And Miss Hendricks is like flipping out about the, the metal detector. Because it goes off every time someone walks through it mm-hmm. and it makes a really loud annoying sound. So... Mantu would like to talk to Jack alone, but MacGyver's all, eh, listen, like he's trying to convince, trying to be uh, polite. Yeah. But it's like, uh, well, we kind of have something we need to talk about. And Miss Hendricks is like, no, no, the vice president wants to talk to him alone. You let him do it. Yeah. And so she pulls MacGyver away. Um, Mac tells Pete, can you keep an eye on Jack while you're, while they're talking? But Pete immediately gets distracted. Yeah. Uh, and so Mantu is trying to figure out whether or not the Phoenix Foundation cracked him with the right, dream. Yeah, with the yeah. dream, So he tries the trigger word again to see if it still functions and then says, oh, you look ill, Mr. Dalton. And you then should... he feels, he immediately yeah. feels sick. Yeah. And he says, you should go out and get some air. And Jack's all, yeah, I should go out and get air. And so he leaves, leaving Pete alone with Mantu. And... But Edith catches Jack on his way out of the building. Yeah. And so she, once again, uses the bottom of my heart, I salute you, to get control of him again. Yeah. And then they, I guess, go up to her room where she further programs him. Right. You have a new target. Yeah. Now you're going to kill MacGyver. You're going to kill MacGyver. And meanwhile, MacGyver is... With Hendrix downstairs. Yeah. Miss Hendrix is explaining about where everyone's going to sit at the table, and that's when MacGyver notices... His name in gold. His name in gold. Uh, And he starts piecing together that... This is significant. And when he looks, he's so for some reason he checks under the table. Right. And there's a gun holster, like empty, but like it's been like screwed into the table. Yeah. And now MacGyver realizes, okay, something seriously is up here with Jack. Yeah. And he asks Pete where he might have gone. Which is why I'm I'm now doubly sure that Jack didn't have a gun on him, because the whole point is that the gun would be in here already. That's true, yeah. That you're supposed to bypass the metal detector with it. Uh so Pete Asked Mac what's happening, and Mac says, I think Jack is gonna or involved in a plot to assassinate President Dacra. Yeah. At which point they cancel the whole function. Exactly. Move it to another location. They they increase security, they they put a wa- put Jack on a watch they list. They crank up the volume on the metal detector to eleven. Yeah. No, instead. No, wait, no, never mind. Everything goes off. Exactly how they planned it. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in fact, they lower the sensitivity of the metal detector because yeah, it's too loud. 
and it's a nuisance because <laughs> everyone has guns, obviously. Yeah. Why do we even have this metal detector? <laughs> Everyone's bringing weapons. Uh, so Mac isn't able to find Jack in the hotel. And when he tries to show Pete where the holster is, it's already been removed. And they already filled in the hole from the screw that With was wood glue and the then restained yeah. the bottom of the table. Yeah. Or maybe they very, just replaced the whole table. Very quick carpenters. Or they just rotated it at 80 de- 180 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> yeah. So now the screw hole's on the opposite side of the table. Uh, they just put gum over it. <laughs> there you work go. Too. That's what, whenever you see gum under a table, it's been hiding. It's covering a screw hole from a holster <laughs> attachment. Denny's has a lot of issues. Yeah, we were at Jamba just the other day. A lot of assassinations must have taken place in there. Uh, so... Uh, in Mantu's and Edith's hotel room, Mantu like brings up the gun holster. Apparently, he was the one who removed. It. Well, he he says that their their subject removed it. So this is our first implication that someone else is in on it. How great would it have been if the president's name was Man One? Yeah, no, because he's Man Two. He's number two. No, Vice President is Man Two. Oh, the president would be President Man, Man One. one. Um, MacGyver also realizes that there might be someone who's witnessed him finding the holster, and the only one who could have. Would have been Miss Hendricks, right? And so Pete is like also now suspicious of Hendricks because she's super paranoid about everyone sitting in the right spot, listening to the exact words she when they're going. Wanting, she's the one who's the most vocal about turning down the metal detector. Yeah, she is. She is red herring extraordinaire. Yeah, because she is just being very vocal. Uh, so Edith is trying to again calm. President Man- Vice President Mantu down. Right. Because he is like super paranoid. He doesn't want to go through with this, but he wants the power, but he doesn't want to get caught. Um, she should have just hypnotized him to not know anything about the whole plot. Yeah. So why that way, even involve him? Yeah. He doesn't, he's not nervous to screwing anything up. Honestly, why involve him at all anyway? Because he's totally irrelevant to the story. Yeah. Because she is the one pulling the strings. She obviously wants the power for herself, but she knows probably. You know, not to be sexist, but because she's a woman, that she won't have a chance to advance in the political system yeah. that she's in. But he could have very, like, I get they wanted to have the woman be the woman, the person doing the hypnotizing. But you could combine those two characters very easily. Mm-hmm. The only reason that they have Mantu around is because maybe at the time it wouldn't have been believable for an African nation to have a female vice president. Yeah. But aside from that, I don't know why... Those are two characters because yeah. his paranoia doesn't factor into the story at all. At all. Neither does any action that he takes. He, he doesn't roll over on her. Like There's a scene where he goes and picks up a, a speech and brings it in. Yeah. Basically, the only reason... Actually, you know what? From a screenwriting perspective, the only reason that he's there is to be a sounding board for the whole plot. Yeah. Because otherwise, she's just in a, a room by herself saying... I'm going to read the last sentence of this, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. when I, when he says that sentence, he'll shoot the, and she's just talking to her reflection or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, so at Max place, uh, he's look, still looking for Jack thinking that maybe he went back to the house, right. the houseboat. But Pete calls in and says, now, now the banquet's going to start in an hour. Yeah. Apparently, like... And MacGyver just walked into the houseboat right as the phone started ringing. Yeah. Or Pete's been calling him the whole time. Just, just... Just standing there, like, come on. Uh, there's like 72 messages on the machine. Yeah. Um, Pete suggests that MacGyver head over to the amusement park where he found Jack originally. Right. So that maybe that's like if he's if he's under their power, maybe that's he's just triggered to go there. So 
MacGyver heads into the amusement park, and this is like the biggest stretch of how to find Jack. Yeah. There's a big fun house with all kinds of crazy artwork on it. But one tiny one, piece of the art. Yeah. Is a, is a crescent moon with like an angry face. Yeah. And if Jack could have said anything, he could have said like an angry moon or yeah. a nightmare because it says nightmare house or something yeah, like on the front of it. moon. Like it, he could have said anything. But he said on the moon, yeah. which is so weird because none of this is space themed. Yeah. It's like, all, there's, there's no indication wish. that the inside of this fun house is supposed to be on the moon somehow. Yeah. But uh, uh, but we you passed over a cool part though that when MacGyver gets there he climbs up on the fence. Oh yeah! It's like actually Richard Dean Anderson jumping up on like a probably ten foot tall, twelve no, foot tall well, he fence. Has to, he has to get up onto the hood of his car. Yeah. To jump, make the jump. But it's actually him doing it, and he just does like a backflip off the other side of it, and just perfect dismount. Doesn't mm-hmm. screw up his hand at all. Yeah. Like it just looks like it could have been so painful, and he does the same thing on the way out. Yeah. It, Chain link fences are hard to scale. Yeah, and you can so, mess up your hands pretty good on those. That's why they use them to keep people out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would just wonder if he had gloves or something on because it looks like it would have been so painful. Yeah, especially if you do if you have to do it more than once. Yeah. So the fun house, Jack uh, hears MacGyver kind of coming in, so he starts turning on all the levers, um, and this is like right out of Scaramanga's like fun house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the only thing it needs is like a wax MacGyver holding a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so MacGyver's just like falling through trap doors, going down slides, getting tossed around through Hall of Mirrors. But there's some cool stuff in here. Like when he does get thrown down this slide to this, this it's like a circular room with mirrors around all the sides of it. But the floor is spinning. Really, really fast, yeah. too. Yeah, and Richard Dean Anderson is getting thrown very quickly in circles, but he still manages to hit get, stand up enough that he hits his mark and crashes into one of the mirrors on the outside door that's a revolving door mm-hmm. so that he spins around into another room, which is like this chamber of mirrors. But before that even, he walks through this tunnel that's lit by a red light, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a reuse of one of the ice tunnels from Gold Rush mm. that they just put a red light in because yeah. it looks like frozen walls. But when you light it red, it almost looks like yeah. an esophagus or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, also, though, like it's this is like a really dangerous funhouse because there's like a trap door that drops you onto a slide. But trap doors, you, you never know you how can break someone, an ankle very easily. Yeah, you never know how someone's gonna fall. And also, there's a dragon chomping down on the slide. Right. And his teeth enter the curvature of the slide mm-hmm. and completely close down on it. So if someone like mistimes their slide, they're actually going to get smashed yeah. by the hydraulics of this jaw. <laughs> did you ever see Eagle versus shark? I did. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 he go into this movie theater that has like a dragon mouth entrance, but there's like two of the teeth are on the bottom. Like it's a completely level floor, but there are like two teeth that stick out and people yeah. keep tripping, tripping over, over it. Them. That's funny. I always think of that. Put on your shoes and do the blues. It's like, <laughs> it's dance to blues. <laughs> I'm so complex. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver makes his way through a hall of mirrors, which I don't know how they did this camera wise. Their DP was on the ball. Yeah. Because there's a scene where you're looking, it looks like you're looking straight down a hallway. You don't see the camera in any of the reflections and you see MacGyver walk in and hit a mirror and you think, Oh, there's MacGyver. But then no, another MacGyver comes into frame. It's like, Oh no, that's him. And that one hits a mirror. And then a third MacGyver is like, they're all been reflections to this point, yeah. and they all look so perfect. 
and the way that everything is angled. I mean, I'm it's sure just it's very clean mirrors that are close together. Yeah. <laughs> poor the poor PA who had to go in there and like test all this stuff and light for it, light for it. And then like just Windex all of these Because That's the other mirrors. thing is that people don't realize how hard it is to light a scene like this, but every MacGyver that we see is lit perfectly. Yeah. So there has to be like overlapping spots mm -hmm. that are just like perfectly angled so that he always stays well lit. I'd say the only time that there was ever really a bad issue of lighting, and that was because of the crazy camera movement that they did, was in Murderer's Sky when they were outside at night and then they had to go into the hospital in one long take Yeah. where the camera was following them. And we talked about it on the show, but because of the way the lighting would change, they had to leave the camera... Because if you change the aperture for the lighting, you change the focus. So they had to leave it alone because they wanted a specific focus. Yeah. So they had to be really crappy lighting outside. Yeah. Um, so when they moved inside, everything would be fine. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, it wasn't their fault because it worked. I don't even know why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I brought Sorry. it up to bring it down only to defend it. So MacGyver, after he makes his way through this funhouse, finds a, a back door that leads into the replica of the hotel hallways. Yeah. And we can see that the walls are actually painted black. Yeah. Except for the one main hallway that they want you to and focus even on. They have the lamps mm -hmm. spaced apart the same way as they do in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. But the lampshades are perfectly black. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of getting just the light that's coming out of the top and bottom. Yeah. And MacGyver makes his way into a replica of the dining hall, which not only has the table set up with Jack's name and everything, but then there are two right like torture chairs right like wooden like with like leather straps to yeah. hold someone down they're like the chairs that you would put in someone in the electric chair right if you were going to electro electrocute them in the 1950s i wonder how they actually got jack to come into this place in the first place i guess he's kind of foolish anyway, yeah so he might have just maybe they lured him in there well, with they, a woman they, from the tux shop they probably just shot him with a trank gun that's what yeah. i would have done um but we see that there are two chairs and MacGyver investigates and finds the recording of From the Bottom of My Heart, I Salute You, playing over and over and over right. again. And There should the, have been another recording playing, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also a visage of uh, President Dakara and the bright shining star. Yeah. So MacGyver's trying to piece everything together as Jack enters the room armed with a gun. And it just immediately takes a shot at MacGyver. Yeah. So MacGyver tries to use the trigger from the bottom of my heart. I salute you. And you think it looks like Jack is like responding to it. And MacGyver saying, okay, now put down the gun. Cause you don't need to do this anymore. And Jack just brings the gun back up and starts shooting again yeah. and actually hits MacGyver in the yeah, shoulder. He clips him in the arm. Um, and so MacGyver realizes that uh, the trigger has been changed. Because yeah. probably because they know that MacGyver is getting close or they suspected that the Phoenix Foundation may have started some kind of uncover of the right. project. Yeah, yeah. So MacGyver distracts Jack with the, the original recording again and Jack's kind of looking around for where MacGyver might be and leads him back into the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. And Jack's already fired like a couple of rounds at this point. And my theory is MacGyver's just trying to get Jack to unload the gun. So he keeps standing in front of like mirrors that Jack just keeps shooting. But the more Jack shoots, he starts getting like, he starts freaking out. Like, yeah. He's dripping with sweat. He's, His, it seems like he's almost like Dr. Strange loving it. Like yeah. the hand with a gun is dead set on killing MacGyver, but his other hand is like trying to wrestle with it. Yeah. Like 
when Doctor Strange Love keeps like, yeah, my Fuhrer. <laughs> trying to keep, yeah, he's trying to salute. We're like, no, don't no. do that. We're in the American War Room. Don't stop saluting the Fuhrer. <laughs> um, so much truth to that, though. I mean, because Paperclip, Operation Paperclip, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like bringing all these Nazi scientists over. Yeah. Um, Archer made a great joke about that. <laughs> it was, it was like, have you ever walked into NASA? Yell Heil Hitler. Everyone jumps. <laughs> Um, so MacGyver is just unloading, like, uh, Jack is unloading bullets at MacGyver, but he finally, like, collapses from the stress of killing his best friend. Yeah. And that's when MacGyver just approaches him. There's no sign that he's out of bullets, by the yeah. way. Um. What did we decide? He fires, like, nine shots? Yeah, at least. At so least nine. So, potentially three or four more shots. Exactly. Um, but MacGyver is convinced that Jack is out of it, out of the programming. And, uh, and so he takes him back into the torture room. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm sure that's where you would want to go. scene of the crime, yeah. But he's trying Apparently to get... he's completely deprogrammed by just having had to shoot these MacGyvers. Yeah, well, because I guess that, because that was his last instruction. Yeah. Um, maybe, I would have thought, like, the next order would have been to kill yourself. Kill MacGyver, uh, then kill yourself. That would make sense, yeah, yeah. Destroy uh, the evidence. Um, so he's hoping that MacGyver, MacGyver's hoping that Jack can remember something about the room that they're in. The only thing he's able to tell them but is But he couldn't that, describe it when he was seeing it directly yeah. before. I don't know why he'd be any better now. Um, but now he's, he's at least able to identify Edith's voice. Like, he's, to, he's able to accuse her. Yeah. Like, that's Edith. She's the one who's doing this. Um, and that's when Jack says again about the, the girl. It was a dream come true. And he doesn't remember what happened over the weekend. Yeah. And, and now MacGyver... Puts He's two and two put, together. Yeah, he realizes that someone else had... There's two chairs here, mm-hmm. so someone else has been hypnotized. Yeah. Who else had a lost weekend? Right. And that's when they realize that Pete... And we see back-to-back clips of... of uh, It was just me and the salmon. It was just me and the girl. Dream come true. The dream come true. So they realize that Pete is the second assassin. And so, President, they, so now they have to get back to the hotel. Instead of finding a phone, I guess... Yeah. Um, race across town. Uh, yeah, so they race across town, but now the the, the banquet has already begun. It's kind of like um, the end of foul play, where it's like, okay, we figured everything out. We know the assassination is going to take place. Now let's drive there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just call someone and tell them to stop. Yeah, they got you have phones. Yeah. Um, it's more dramatic this way. Yeah. Uh, so President Dacker is giving his speech, and uh, you know he's. Basically, Pete now has to accept the medals on MacGyver and Jack's behalf. Yeah. Because Mantu and Edith had prepared for this event. Right. That, oh, well, if they don't show up, we have a second speech in which the president would award these medals to Pete. Right. On their behalf. I don't know why they just didn't do that anyway, because MacGyver didn't want to go. Yeah. And he says, just have Pete accept the medals on our behalf. That would yeah. that's, a, that's like a solution to this whole thing. Yeah, because then... Uh, no one would have been there to prevent the assassination. Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> um, so they get into the hotel and they immediately are stopped by security, but they show their badges and MacGyver's. And what's great is MacGyver actually has the security guy come with him. Like right, he, they yeah, don't yeah. go it alone. Let's just, like we got trouble. Come on. And Tabor comes out from around the corner and sees the MacGyver and Jack are heading in, and he pulls a gun on him. And Jack just, I, I described he it rushes as... Rushes a tray with him. Yeah, he says he serves Tabor a la carte. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just takes a serving cart and just rams it into him. Didn't MacGyver do that to some people in Heist? 
in the heist? Um, he put like CO2 cans underneath and pushed a drink yeah, cart yeah, yeah, at some yeah. guys. Um, but then th- this leaves MacGyver to go in alone because Jack's like fighting with Tabor. Yeah. Um, and to, uh, Dakara gives his trigger words to Pete, which is, I think, um, the, the respect and gratitude of our nation or something. Yeah, like. yeah. You have the respect and gratitude of my people. And so now Pete reaches into his coat and pulls out a gun and aims at a Dakara who's holding the gold medal with the yeah. star. MacGyver rushes the stage, grabs the medal, and then throws it to Edith. Which is so awesome. Yeah. I really wanted Pete to just go, blam. Bam. Yeah. And then Pete just goes to prison because there's no proof of what happened. <laughs> but I think it would have been great if it just wings her. Like, she tries to throw it. Yeah. Um, and he it's shoots. Like hot potato. He shoots <laughs> it out of the sky. <laughs> Good shot, Pete. Wow. Uh, so security takes Pete and now he snaps out of his, uh, vision. What happened? Where am I? Because Edith is forced to use the trigger words to stop Pete from shooting her. But she says, all she says is the respect and gratitude of my people. Put the gun down. Put the gun down. Which, like, maybe she's just making a reference to what the guy just said. You mm-hmm. have the respect and gratitude of my people. Please put the gun down. Yeah. Like, she could have just been pleading for her life here. She has an airtight case against yeah. Pete. And, and plus diplomatic immunity yeah because MacGyver says looks like you gave up your right to remain silent it's like it's like no. i have a reminder i have a right to remain out of jail even if i yeah. stood up and tried to shoot our own president myself yeah there i have committed no crimes in your country yeah or i'm not bound by the laws of your country here yeah. that's the whole point we've talked Although about i'm diplom- sure in her country it is illegal to shoot the president of said country oh, i mean <laughs> potentially she will go back to her own country and face right. charges yeah yeah, yeah. um but she but here's the thing. She doesn't have to go home, but she can't stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has to go home. Um, I mean, she could always ask for asylum, I suppose. Um, I don't know how asylum works either. Yeah. But I know diplomatic community. I just know they make a lot of terrible remakes. A lot of really good remakes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. if It's not an asylum one, I don't think. But there's one that's called Independence Day. But it's independent. Like the word independent. You know what? There's plural. another movie called that already with Robert Redford in it. Oh, really? It came out before Independence Day. Well, this one is like a new one Yeah. that's like about an alien invasion. I'm trying to remember actually if it was Robert Redford. I think it was. But I think it's funny like because they, they always try to play off a title of a movie that's coming out Yeah. to get you to, to go like see it. Like Transmorphers yeah. or Pirates of the... I can't remember what their Pirates of the Caribbean one is. Yeah, but, but then there was like... Pirates on the Caribbean or Snakes on a Train. Yeah, and then there's just like War of the Worlds... When it came out, because it's a public domain property, you can make your own War of the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she's got diplomatic immunity. There's no way she's going to jail. She she may not even ever return to her country. We, yeah. We, we get no, absolutely no closure, by the way. We yeah, get, we just get a fifth act back at the Dream Lab. Yeah, the Dream Lab where Pete is being deprogrammed with the same equipment. I guess she didn't need all that other equipment. Yeah. She's got, like, a waterboarding table and electrodes and stuff. It's like, I guess we don't have to use this stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I like tradition. So, yeah, we get the, the, this little moment where Pete's being deprogrammed. And it, it they do this stupid joke yeah. where, where both Pete and Jack say that they never want to hear their trigger words ever again. And they both say them simultaneously. And so then Mac kind of goes into a fake trance. And we hear it? this chime sound three times as yeah. though he, or, he was in a trance. And then he goes, huh? What? And everyone just kind of has a good laugh. 
but then Pete kind of goes like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to give you a good punch you for scaring me. But he doesn't punch him. No, he doesn't punch him. He just gives him the gesture. He should have just punched him. I would have punched him. That's yeah. not a funny joke, man. Jerk. You're, they almost killed people. Like, yeah. you're making very much light of their situation here. So this episode is... Brainwashing plots can get a little rough. Yeah. I mean, especially when they're not handled with, like, the intensity of the Manchurian candidate, where it's just used, like, anyone could be hypnotized and programmed to be an assassin at any time for any reason. All you need to do is have a couple of days with Yeah, them. there's no reason there couldn't have been three or four assassins here. Yeah. Um, but the fact that there was a second killer is pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the last time we used that twist. Oh, wait, last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh the mysteries but the production design for this episode is pretty cool yeah yeah the, they did a good job with the hotel they did a good job with the mock-up of the hotel in the, mm -hmm. uh, the hypnotism room and the whole funhouse stuff was actually pretty fun yeah 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 um yeah so it was uh it, it was a good episode um i'm just, i'm always glad jack's involved yeah you, you you said something and i wish uh it had been true about the alternative of Jack coming out of his hypnosis. I don't remember. Instead of, instead of him shooting the glass. Oh, that the, the, there's a, a point where he's the, the last few shots he fires, there's four MacGyvers spread across the screen mm -hmm. and he fires one at a mirror. He fires one at a mirror. He fires one at a mirror. And then he manages to overtake the hypnotism before he fires the last shot. Right. But then it's revealed that that was also a reflection and MacGyver comes around the corner. But I thought it would have been neat if that was actually MacGyver, the fourth one. Mm -hmm. And it was like, he just was putting all of his faith in Jack to figure out how to overcome the hypnotism yeah. right then. And that he would shoot in left or right order. Yeah. <laughs> cause then, cause then it would almost be like, I, I have so much faith in you overcoming this that somehow that's going to help mm -hmm. you overcome it. But MacGyver doesn't do anything to reach him. Right, like yeah. he doesn't say Jack. He just says, this yeah, just, in fact, he's encouraging him to shoot him. Right. That's why like, I thought MacGyver was just trying to get him to unload the gun. Yeah. Until he could he could take. But it doesn't mean he's not going to fight you. Yeah. He's still programmed to kill you. Yeah. What if like once he's out of bullets, he just starts trying to strangle you every yeah. every chance you get? I would I would just if I was programmed, I would just pretend like I came out of it until I got your trust and then try to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I almost killed you. Anyway, could I borrow your pocket knife? <laughs> Where's the carotid artery located again? <laughs> Can you just point to it on yourself? Just point to it. Where's yours? <laughs> Do you know where your carotid artery is specifically? Uh, but yeah, this is, this is an okay episode. Yeah, I think that's about it for this one. I, I enjoyed this one. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share on this episode... Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, do feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 4, Episode 17, Easy Target. Mm. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.